fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It is the 30-something movie podcast. It is episode number 457. We're doing this Carlito's way this time around. It's Carlito's way or the highway. Well, or the, or you're sleeping with the fishes, maybe. Well, there's, there's that too. Or there's, or there's the song that I did it Carlito's way. I, there's all kinds of different places. It's one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you if I was going to open one of those, you know, like the GNC, the vitamin and protein stores, I would, I would make a product that was called Carlito's way. Oh God. How long you been sitting on that? A, a whopping like 30 seconds. All right. Well, that one, that's good for 30 seconds. Yeah. I just was hoping you hadn't queued that one up for too long. That's, I've been told that before. So anyway, it's good to have you guys back tonight. Um, you too, John. Good to be back. Uh, Patrick is, if if the audio is sounding a little different than usual from Patrick, it's because Patrick is in the car. Because Patrick is, Patrick's fully dedicated. This is the level of dedication Patrick has to the podcast. Is that Patrick goes and and serves and does his time, not like at a prison, but at a. That's pretty. That's pretty apropos, right there. Yeah, at uh, at the middle school band. Was it just a band concert or competition? Yeah, it was middle school. It was our not the middle school I teach at, but kind of the the sister school. Yeah, I was over there helping them, you know, keep the kids corralled and and ready before the concert. And then it was uh, these concerts this time of year. We take the bands to like a contest. But before we take them to the contest, we do a little concert for the parents and it lets them play through the music and they get kind of prejudged by some evaluators that gives them stuff to work on for the contest. So yeah. I was over there doing all that. A window into my life. Well, and as a former middle school teacher myself, I, I will reiterate what I've said many times before. Anybody who takes on the task of corralling middle schoolers does the Lord's work. So... There it is. God, God bless there you, sir, and and also with you. There it is. Well, all right. Well, it, it is good to be back. I feel like it might have been. I don't know. Maybe we recorded something last week. I'm losing track of time lately. So, but it feels like it's been a little bit. And so, glad to be back with you guys. And we, I don't know if Dennis is going to make it in tonight. Dennis has been having some health struggles a little bit, and I know Jeff obviously has got all his stuff going on with his family. He's got the kids and and all that, and so we we miss those guys. We hope we can get back with them real soon, and hope they're doing well. But uh, yeah, so I, Dennis said he may try to jump on tonight, but I know he's been he's been dealing with some stuff. So if we if we see him, we see him. Yep. Yeah, wishing him well and 
that's all you can say about that. Yeah. Wishing them well. Yeah. All right. Well, our movie this time around, as I said before, is Carlito's Way. This is episode number 457 for us. And I think, I don't know if I have anything else other than just our, our typical spiel. We spoil the movies we talk about, so just we're talking freely. If we, if we start to talk about a movie you haven't seen and don't want to be spoiled on, maybe just skip ahead 10, 20 seconds or so. We'll, we'll try our best to give you a little bit of a heads up. And uh, make sure you visit our website, too, 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating there, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer with us via Patreon. There are all kinds of bonus things that you can get on Patreon. There's bonus episodes. There's the ability to jump on and co-host an episode with us. Tell us what to watch. You can find out what kind of movies Pat hates and then tell us to watch one of those. Um, you could pick a Bobcat Goldthwait movie if you want to torture me or Woody Allen or, or something like that. So whatever it is you want to do, if you're over there with us as a co-executive producer on Patreon, then there are some of those benefits there as well. Another added thing that I've been trying to do and trying to keep up with a little bit on our website is there is now a blog section, and I'm trying to do some little write-ups. If you uh, if you like to read things, I know this is audio medium, but if you like to read things, there are some little blog reviews there of some of the movies that we've been doing lately. So that is also there as well. And then I always encourage everybody to go check out the app Letterboxd. We have a visual list going of all the movies we've covered up to this point on the podcast on Letterboxd. That's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D dot com. And I think it's slash 30 podcast is our profile on there. So go check that one out as well. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into trivia pursuits here and talk about Carlito's Way. This is our last movie for the month of February. February was our month of movies with a person's name in the title. So Carlito's Way is the one that kind of finishes off here in February. And uh, this one came out in January. Actually, it was the very first day of January 1993 that this movie came out. Rated R with a runtime of two hours and 24 minutes. Directed by Brian De Palma. We're going to talk a little bit about him today because he his movie-making style is, is very distinctive. And he's got some great movies that he's made. If you haven't seen them, we're going to give you some recommendations here in just a little bit. He also did the movies Body Double and The Untouchables, but I'm definitely going to be mentioning a few more of his because there is some really good stuff out there if you want to check him out and check out his particular style. Writers for this one, Edwin Torres wrote the novels this was based on. David Kep wrote the screenplay. Torres worked on The Devil That Is and another movie called Q&A. Kep worked on Jurassic Park and Mission Impossible. Producers for this one were Martin Bregman, who died in 2018, Michael Bregman, and Willie Bear. Bregman, uh, Martin Bregman did Dog Day Afternoon. Michael Bregman did Sea of Love, and Bear did The Shadow. Who knows? The Shadow knows. Music was done by Patrick Doyle, who did The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Cinematography was done by Stephen H. Burham, who did The Untouchables and War of the Roses. And the editors for this one were Christina Bowden and Bill Pankow. Bowden did Body Double and Pankow did Let's Be Cops. Budget for this one was $30 million. Box office was $63 million. Flickmetrics gives it a 73% and CinemaScore gives it a B+. Starring Al Pacino as Carlito. He was in Serpico and The Godfather. Sean Penn is Kleinfeld. He was in Mystic River and Dead Man Walking. Penelope Ann Miller was Gail. She was in The Artist in Kindergarten Cop. John Leguizamo played Benny Blanco. He was in Moulin Rouge and Violent Night. Ingrid Rogers was Steffi. She was in White Man's Burden and the TV series Bosch. Luis Guzman was Pachanka. 
He was in The Count of Monte Cristo and the Netflix series Wednesday. James Rebhorn, who died in 2014, played Norwalk. He was in Independence Day and the talented Mr. Ripley. And Viggo Mortensen was Leyland. He was in the Lord of the Rings movies and Captain Fantastic. All right, a couple of quick trivia things here. And if you guys have any other trivia stuff, feel free to, to throw it out here as well. A couple of quick things. Al Pacino had some difficulty with his scenes when he was working with, I believe the actor's name was Jorge Porcel. Uh, he played Sasso, the club owner. And the actor, although he had made 50 movies in Argentina, he spoke no English and had to learn his lines phonetically. So apparently that was a, a bit of a challenge for Mr. Pacino. John Leguizamo turned down the part of Benny Blanco four times. He finally took the role after Brian De Palma allowed Leguizamo to improvise many of his lines. And, and I did see a, an interview with John Leguizamo that said, where he said that was probably the movie, working with Brian De Palma and working on this movie was probably the one that allowed him to explore his acting skills the most and that he really appreciated working on this movie because it, it probably helped him more than any other acting job he had had up to that. This movie is adapted from the novel After Hours by Edwin Torres. However, it took the title from Torres's first novel about the rise of crime boss Carlos Brigante so that it would not be confused with Martin Scorsese's New York club-based comedy drama After Hours from 1985. Actor Rocco Sisto incidentally appears in both this film and the earlier Scorsese film. Uh, there's also some overlap here and there with a Scarface as well. You get, you get some repeat offenders coming back from Scarface, and that was another Brian De Palma movie as well. The first scheduled shoot was actually the Grand Central Station climax, but this had to be rethought when Al Pacino showed up on crutches the day of filming. Instead, the ill-fated drug deal in the pool hall kick-started production, this was a scene the studio originally asked Brian De Palma to make shorter. De Palma actually extended the scene but used tension-building techniques that tricked the studio executives into thinking it was shorter, and therefore they ended up loving it. That's funny. So you gotta, you gotta, occasionally you got to play the game a bit. So wait a minute, though. They couldn't do the train station because Pacino was on crutches. Yeah, that's they what could it, do the... But that, that, that other scene had some, he was kind of moving around in that scene too. I'm thinking like, man, that, that's still a pretty active scene. If, and again, I don't know what he was on crutches for, but I yeah, mean, I, wow, I would that, that, I would imagine probably less less running up and down escalators and and stuff like that. I was going to say stairs and stuff and all the in the Grand Central scene. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. I, that that well, was kind of my thought because I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's not like he's just standing still the whole time in the other one. You're right. It could be the stairs. Yeah. And he doesn't really jump up on anything. You know, I, 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 right. I'm I think I'm probably thinking of another movie. Like he does the the trick, the the pool cue trick, but yeah. then he's basically just. And I want to say, too, the camera is, it's, I don't know what the technique is, it's a camera angles thing, but the camera is going one angle, one way while he's going another, and it's like, well, the two are exchanging gunfire. Yeah. So he, it's not like, so it, it, the scene seems very kinetic, but I don't think he's necessarily moving that fast. Right, right. So, which is what you guys just said, but I said it in a more clunky way with more words, so I apologize. But I mean, yeah, anyways, that's interesting. I find that trivia interesting yeah 
I know that you guys will find this next one interesting just because we always enjoy, anytime we get an opportunity to say this actress's name, we always enjoy saying her name. But Brian De Palma actually had a different first choice for the role of Gail, and it was an Irish actress who played the part of Elsa in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. Do we, do we recall the name of this actress whose name we enjoy saying because we're in deep inside, we're actually just 12-year-olds? Allison Duty. Allison Duty. Yeah. Because that's where we're at mentally. And, yeah, that's pretty much true. And, and, and maturity level. Um, well, yeah. She ended up rejecting the offer because of a topless dance sequence that she would have to perform in the movie, and she did not want to. And I didn't realize this. I, I realized I had heard of this before, but I completely forgot about it and did not watch it before we were recording tonight. A prequel was released in 2005 called Carlito's Way Rise to Power. It looks like it was a straight to video kind of deal. It chronicled his, it chronicled his, oddly enough, rise to power. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. I'm surprised. The the answer is in the title. But yes, it, it chronicled his rise to power as the heroine czar of Harlem. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe at least one actor, I think, I want to say Louis Guzman, Maybe in that movie as well. Okay. Yeah. Might be. All right. I think that's all I got in terms of trivia. Anybody else have anything else that I missed or any other trivia about this one? Pat, I got I, nothing. Pat, I can. I'll give you. A, I'll give you an opportunity here in a little bit to to show off some of your knowledge again about the well because we can talk about Brian De Palma, the director, here for just a minute before we get on into the movie itself. One of his. One of his kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Trademarks is, is the word I'm looking for. One of his trademarks is the split diopter. And I know you were you were regaling us last time with, uh, or a couple times ago, with uh, with the split diopter. Yeah, it's 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 one of those little things that I hear that on our other favorite podcast, The Greatest Generation, those guys talk about it. And, I mean, they've got all the knowledge and all that. I just kind of listen to them and, and look at the examples that they point out and it's kind of a fun technique. Plus, it's a fun word to say, but it's it's a cool technique. Right, and, and not to be confused with any kind of, like, you know, athletic injury. That's not what the split diopter is. Oy, right, right. hey now. That's, that, I'm sure that would be painful. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. You don't, you don't, look, man, you don't want a split diopter. You don't. I don't I, people barely come back from a split diopter. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a couple other things that, that show up in this movie that uh, Brian De Palma is, is known for. And, uh, and I was going back and trying to remember because it, it's actually been a, a couple weeks since I sat down and watched Carlito's Way, and this was the first time I had ever watched it, was a couple other things he's really known for is using split screen in his movies. And I'm trying to recall if there were any moments of split screen in this one. I know that there were moments where he used the split diopter, you know, filming method. And that, as we had kind of explained before, but but we'll we'll share again, is that is when both the foreground and background are in focus simultaneously. He, there was another thing he did in this one where he takes the camera and does like a 360-degree rotation of the camera. I think there's one of the scenes in the club uh, when you've got a bunch of the, I don't know if it's when the Italian gangsters are all sitting around and it does like a 360-degree kind of circle of everybody at the table. That's a camera shot he's known for. He's known for using split screen. He's known for using slow motion. And he's also sometimes known for having like long, continuous shots. So like the... The chase in Grand Central Station was a, a several long continuous shots. And so those are kind of 
trademarks of his that he's known for. While we're while we're talking about Brian De Palma, and I, I don't want to get too far into it because I know one of our three questions is asking, what is your favorite Brian De Palma film? But there were a couple of his movies that I, I definitely wanted to mention to anybody who might be interested in checking out more. There are some movies that he is very well known for. One is called, I was about to say, Dress to Kill, and I think that's what it's called. I, I'm worried now that I'm getting the title wrong. Dress to Kill is <laughs> no, one of them. Right. Am I right? Okay. Dress to Kill is one of them, and Blowout is another one of them. That would be, I think, some really good examples of movies of his to go check out. He also did Carrie. That was kind of his first big breakout movie that he did. He did uh, The First Mission Impossible. And he's got a bunch of others that he's done. But the ones that I think would be... Springsteen music videos. He's got a real interesting, like... Well, really interesting dude. And he was kind of up and coming at around the same time as like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, like all of those guys. You know, he's coming up at around the same time. And it I don't know, it just it doesn't seem like he's got a very distinctive style, but I don't think he saw quite the same success as the other guys did. Mm-hmm. But I know back in the back in the seventies he was kind of being hailed as this is one of the next great directors. And, you know, definitely that's that's one of the things about him is there's there's a there's a lot of directors that sometimes it's a little tougher to to figure out their style or, or, or pick them out of a crowd. But based on his style and, and kind of how he tends to, to handle his movies, I think you kind of know when you're when you're hitting a Brian De Palma movie. Agreed. He's a big fan of Hitchcock, too. So you see a lot of Hitchcock influences mm. in his movies. You know, several of his movies, people have, I don't want to use the word accused, but people have people have said that, well, this is basically a, a remake of Psycho, or this is basically, this thing is, he's lifting whole scenes almost, or whole images from Rear Window, or stuff like that. But I think he just really loved Hitchcock, and so there's a lot of the Hitchcockian influence in a lot of his movies. All right. But if you want to see a great, because I, I actually just did our, it should be getting posted up here soon. Actually, the, the audio got messed up, so I had to re-record it. I just did our Patreon short on Staying Alive with John Travolta, and that Blowout movie is a great one. If you if you want to go see John Travolta, young John Travolta really stretch as an actor, and then we've got next week coming up, we've got Cliffhanger, and in the blowout movie with John Travolta, the kind of the villain of the movie is played by John Lithgow. So if you want to go see a, a really fun movie that has a bit of a crazy ending to it and, and a young, really great performance by John Travolta and a great performance by John Lithgow, then you got to go see Blowout. All right. I think that's it for my, my recommendations. All right. Anybody else got anything else before we synopsize this and get going? Not that I can I've got think nothing of. else. All right. I think uh, I do want to. I do want to say, John. After discussing your your enjoyment of the movie Staying Alive, I, I definitely think people should check out that Patreon short. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, and, and I have seen. Like I said before, I've seen that movie way too much. Like I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> or how. I've seen that movie more than 10 times and I don't know if I know anybody else who's seen staying alive more than 10 times. We don't, we don't know. We don't know if that's even advisable to see that movie. It's, it, it is not ours to question that that many times. Right. Right. A little madness now and then is relished by the wisest men. Yes. Cheers. All right. 
All right. Well, uh, in order to treat our split diopter, let's uh, synopsize this and get going. In the style of Mr. Don LaFontaine, in a world of gangsters and crime, one man stands alone. Meet Carlito Brigante, former Puerto Rican drug lord who's just been released from prison. He's vowed to leave his old life behind and start anew, but the streets have a way of pulling you back in. With danger lurking around every corner and old enemies seeking revenge, Carlito must use all his cunning and street smarts to stay alive. Along the way, he teams up with his loyal friend, David Kleinfeld, a shifty lawyer, with his own dark secrets. As Carlito tries to make a clean break from his past, he finds himself caught up in a web of deceit and betrayal. Can he outrun his demons and make a fresh start, or will his past catch up with him? Upon me, the painful duty of unleashing upon society a reputed assassin. The prisoner's discharge. Call the next case. You Carlito Brigante, man. You a legend. He's one of us. Puts money in everybody's pocket, big time. He was big. He's a tough guy. He just got out of Lewisburg, man. Just this one thing, and then I'm out. Every instinct you've got won't do anything but get you killed. He saved my life, Gail. Whatever he wants you to do, don't do it. That's what I am, right or wrong. I can't change that. Never give up your friends, Dave. And there's only one rule. You save your own ass. Didn't you ever have a dream? Yeah, I had a dream, Charlie. But now I'm awake. So our major moments for this one, I've got a, a few major moments. This will kind of walk us through the plot real quick, and then we'll get on into our deeper thoughts after that and share our opinions of the movie. All right, so major moments for this one. The first major moment takes place in the courtroom. This is the first scene of the movie, and it is 
hilarious because I just I love the way when he gets up to give his speech and he's like thanking everybody for making all the mistakes they made that allow him to go free and just uh, anytime you want to put Al Pacino in a courtroom please feel free but that's a that's such a yeah fun first he just he's not only is the character relishing that moment but so is Pacino like he is oh yeah Pacinoing it up in that moment yeah I think I've heard the phrase like chewing the scenery yes you know what I'm saying and it is, yeah, he is, he is epic. He is epic. And what's always impressive, and I know they shoot movies out of order, so whatever. But I, you got to love when that first scene is that powerful and you can feel him inhabiting that character like, here we go. Yeah, it's a great start to the movie. So then we follow him. He's he's going back to his old neighborhood. Now that he's out, he's back in the old neighborhood. He is, he's got this plan that he's going to need $75,000. $75,000 would give him what he needs to get out and get his life restarted, get a fresh start going. And uh, so that's what he needs. That's his goal. And and he's got a goal set. And I think he's, I think he's thinking... What I got to do now is I'm I'm out. I got to set a goal for myself. I got to stay clean. I got to do everything the right way above board by the book and get my 75K and then I'm, I'm out of here. So his cousin actually comes by now that he's out and says, hey, man, I, I need some help with something. Can you can you come along with me? I, I got to go do this deal. I got this, you know, $30,000 and I'm going to go, go you know, pick up some drugs and and just come back me up. Just just come back me up for this. And so this is the scene they head to the pool hall. This was actually, I, I believe we'd mentioned earlier, the first scene filmed in the movie. And Carlito can pretty much tell right away that this is not a good situation. Like his his cousin doesn't really know what he's walking into. But Carlito has these guys pegged almost from the first few moments that, they, that they're in this place. And ultimately the guys, they are, they're trying to rip off the cousin for his $30,000. They slit his throat. I mean, that kind of happened... That escalated quickly is the best way to put it. <laughs> and then obviously Carlito, Carlito then is able to take out the rest of them. He kills the other guys, gets away. He takes the 30K, so he's he's well on his way to getting his 75000 at this point. And then he has one of the next moments is he ends up having a, a meeting with his lawyer. And his lawyer is like, look, you know, I got, we got this other guy. He's, he's running into some problems. He owns the club. He kind of needs a partner. So why don't I get you in on this? You become a partner, and and Carlito is kind of thinking, I don't don't really want to do this, but this would actually be a good way for me to get the rest of my seventy five k, like for me to get what I need and then get out of town. So he does. He becomes a partner in the club, and immediately he finds out that the guy has a bunch of gambling debts, and that he's he's got all these people that he owes money to, and one of those people that he owes money to is Benny Blanco, who comes in played by John Leguizamo, and and is another great character in this movie and Benny Blanco is is kind of assuming that well I don't have to pay for my dinner or my drinks because the the guy owes me money so I'm just gonna get what I want and and we'll just we'll, we'll knock a little bit off his tab we'll do it that way however Carlito does not do business that way and informs Benny Blanco that he is going to have to pay everyone has to pay and then they have a little bit of an exchange where Benny realizes who he is and and really kind of starts to hero worship him a little bit and uh, Carlito wants to have nothing to do with it. And I think in a way, and, and I think they even say this later on in the movie, that he kind of sees a little bit of his, whether he recognizes that at this point or not, he sees a little bit of a young Carlito in uh, Benny Blanco. That's that's just such a great scene, too, when he's just like, 
And Benny Blanco from the Bronx. And he's like, what's wrong with you? What are you sitting there? Pay this guy this money. Get him a chair. Like, it's just the way he played that character was, was, was very entertaining. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't remember and, if it's this scene or if it's a later scene, but there was the line in the, in the trailer that was, uh, well, maybe mm-hmm. you don't remember. Maybe I don't remember every time I blow my nose. Yeah, that came later because in the beginning you could just tell Carlito doesn't want anything to do with him, and he just tries to shuffle him off. And then later it's just like it was like outright aggression at that point. Yeah, he's just like just get away, just you're done. You know, it's watching that interplay between those guys was awesome. Yeah. One of the next scenes we've got is he runs into Gail, who was his former girlfriend before he ended up getting arrested and going to jail they are now reunited we will find out later in the movie that now that they've been reunited that she is pregnant and that it is a carlito's child so we we will find that out a little bit later in the movie and so he then includes her in his plans to get out of town and that's where ultimately later in the movie they will plan to meet at the train station and that's kind of the whole climactic scene where this whole thing you know all comes together at the train station so she will play a big part in that, and and she's pretty constantly telling him, "Look, you do there's whatever whatever people are trying to involve you in, just stay out of it. Like don't don't get involved, and just let's get out of here. Let's just let's just go because it's it, things are not going to turn out well if you're back in that life again." And he's like, "No, no, no, I'm staying clean. I'm not, I'm not in that life. I'm not getting involved." He's telling himself he's not getting involved, but very clearly he continues to get involved. I will say one thing real quick about Sean Penn's character, the lawyer, Kleinfeld. <laughs> it took me a good 20 minutes to realize that was Sean Penn. Oh yeah. I mean, he was it was so much like he was a completely different person that I'm like, god, that guy looks so familiar. Who is that actor? And it just it was com- I was completely thrown off by it and and then eventually I was like, that's Sean Penn, but it took a good like 20, 30 minutes for me to realize that that's who that was. So he, he did an outstanding job in this movie too. But this is the point it where, was re- yeah, go ahead. It was really easy. It was really easy to not like that guy. Oh yeah. Like it, it was like, it, he just was just, just highly disliked. Yeah. I mean, stereotypically you're not supposed to like lawyers anyway, but I mean, he, he took that to like next level kind of dislike. So there is a part in here where he does, he, there is a deal that he was supposed to take some money and he was supposed to use it to quiet a witness. We'll say it that way, quote, quote unquote, quiet a witness. And it was $1 million. Well, he decides to pocket the $1 million. And then he comes up as with- As you his, do from a mob boss. Apparently when you're a mob boss or, or a shady lawyer, you as you do, you, you pocket the million dollars. And he comes up with this plan to help the one of the the mob guys escape from prison but he he's got a little bit of a twist to it and we'll find that out here in just a little bit that uh, he does not plan on helping anybody and he does not plan on paying back this million dollars but he also knows that if he doesn't take care of quote unquote a few people that uh, he's not going to be safe so so this uh, this plan will kind of will kind of come into fruition a little bit later to try to help get the guy out of Rikers. There's a quick little scene here, a fun scene with Viggo Mortensen, a younger Viggo Mortensen. He's playing a, a character. I think his name was Lilith, Lilin or Lilin. And I, I think it was Laline. Oh, okay. All right. I was looking at I was looking at how it was written. I was like, I do not remember how they say that in the movie. Well, and I always like, I'm just going to jump in. The way Al Pacino delivers his lines, the way he does the character, Ali, the yeah, way yeah. he would say oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And that it is, was like, that is how he says it. And then he's like, and then he's like, Sasso, 
no, now I'm called Ron. And the way Al Pacino says, okay, Ron. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's just the way he can deliver his lines and like, it's capital A acting. It yeah. like says, it speaks volumes. Just the way he says these characters' names. Laline. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a scene where he's acting real nervous. He's meeting with Carlito, and and Carlito discovers that that he's wearing a wiretap, and so basically Carlito's having to deal with betrayal, left and right, and and you know he's he's just he's he's in the thick of it again, even when he kind of promised that he was not going to be. Uh, there is a next scene where that this is the scene where it kind of escalates the insults between Carlito and Benny. They threaten each other. Benny gets thrown down a flight of stairs, and the Carlito's guys want to, you know, Pacheco wants to go and kind of finish him off, and uh, Carlito's like, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing that. Which, while I don't condone that at all, I feel like life of the streets kind of thing. Maybe you don't leave a guy alive who threatened to kill you. That is a generally good idea. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I myself would not conduct business that way, but and we're talking about the, the world of the movie, and if that's the, if that's the lifestyle that you're living in, my thought is one of those either spoken or unspoken rules is guy threatens to kill you, yeah, you maybe take care of him. But again, it's, I, I, I don't live the life, so maybe there's a different set of rules. The lawyer does come to Carlito and gets him to agree to help with this Rikers escape. And so he does agree to do that. So they're out on a boat. It is Carlito, the lawyer, the mobster's son, and the lawyer. So this and this scene was a, a shocking scene. The lawyer kills the mobster and the son and has this plan to keep the million dollars. And Carlito is basically just sitting there going, "What have I gotten myself into?" Like, well, now now I'm involved in this whole murder thing and this million dollars, and this is not what I had planned. And so it is, uh, things are definitely going south very, very fast. One of the next scenes is the lawyer. Actually, a little bit later, we're, we're at a hospital, and the lawyer is in the hospital. I believe it's Carlito does leave him with a gun uh, that he can use to protect himself, but there are no bullets in the gun. And then one of the mobster who was, one of the mobsters comes in dressed as a cop, and pulls his gun. The lawyer tries to pull his gun and fire first. No bullets in it. The cop is able to then take him out. So lawyer is dead at that point. And he doesn't he doesn't give him the gun. He walks in and sees the gun and then takes the bullets out of it. Oh, is that okay? All right. Okay. Yeah. He I, he he There's he, a couple of scenes he, I'm a little fuzzy. I watched I watched this when I was on the plane, so there was a couple of scenes I'm a little fuzzy on. So so okay. So it was yeah, there I, and he takes I, the bullets out. And I don't want to be yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but I've, I've seen, I've, I've watched this movie, like I've watched this movie I'd, every couple of years, I, I give this thing a rewatch. And I mean, yeah, it was a powerful scene because that kind of harkens back to when he, Pacino realizes that Kleinfeld's just going, he starts pulling the gun and he's like, why are you carrying a gun? You're going to get yourself shot, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, and then all of a sudden he finds out. And Pat, Pat, it's fine because it gives me an opportunity to use something we haven't used in a while. Oh, no. You've been Pat Splained. <laughs> Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez! So there those of you, is. those of you playing the at-home drinking game, take a shot. Yep, there it is. Yeah. But that's a powerful scene when he walks oh, yeah. in because he, with Kleinfeld, he's just like he disarms him. Yeah. And it's just like you know, yeah, that was that was that was a bold move, and it kind of showed just how much Kleinfeld was out of his depth because he didn't check the thing, he didn't make sure he couldn't tell that the thing was empty. Yeah. yeah. So. It was just another powerful scene. 
Yeah. yeah. And then the, the, the big climactic scene at the end of the movie, because we know Brian De Palma loves a good shootout in a train station. Who doesn't though? Which, I mean, which is totally fine. I mean, you've done one in, you know, you've done one in Chicago. Now you can do one in New York. And the other thing I heard though was because, and I'm trying to think of the timing on this, if the timing is correct, he wanted to film this at the World Trade Center. But I think this is around the time that there had been one of the terrorist bombings. Mm. And so they couldn't use the World Trade Center as a filming location for that reason, I, I believe. I don't know that I've got my timing correct on that. I feel like I read it in one of the trivia deals. But they ended up using Grand Central Station for this, and you have some similar scenes. Now, we've upgraded it. We're not doing a staircase. But we are doing escalators now because modern times and whatnot. But, yeah, so it's it's another great a train station shootout and a, a fun chase between these mobsters that are trying to catch trying to catch Carlito and he's trying to meet up with, let's see, Changa and Gail are there trying to escape. And he's trying to get away from these mobsters, trying to meet up with Gail and get on this train and get away. And it's just, it, he's, he's not able to shake these guys. Um, finally, he is. Finally, he's able to get to the train and he's there. And he's, he's running up to Gail and, and Pachanga's there. And all of a sudden, like almost without warning, Benny Blanco is there. And he yeah, like has, he just showed up out of nowhere. It was just, crazy. Boom. Showed up out of nowhere, shoots him. And uh, then Pachanga thinks, because Pachanga was part of this too, part of betraying him. And uh, Pachanga's like, okay, well, now Benny and I are out of here. And, and Benny's like, we? Kimosabi? I, I don't think so. And uh, Pachanga ends up, ends up getting it too. So, and the end of the movie is we don't know if he lives or dies. We we do finish the movie before we see actual hard evidence of him dying, but we do end it with he is he's not doing well. And I guess we did begin the movie. The courtroom wasn't the first scene. We did begin the movie with him kind of being carried. Was he being carried on a stretcher? And it was wasn't it through a hospital? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the exact setting was, but I feel like it was through a hospital on a stretcher. So you get the sense that maybe he survived. There's a possibility. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's basically like a continuation of this scene. Yeah. You know, yeah, it kind of shows you where you're where you're going. And, you know, what's interesting is you can actually pick out when he first runs up, you see Benny Blanco standing there. Right. Oh, you but okay. you don't process you don't but you don't process that it's him. Wow, you okay. only pick it up like it's it's only what you see kind of on a rewatch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think and I I'm trying to remember exactly how they showed it, but basically all you do is you just see a guy standing there with a fedora and his back's to you. Like you don't even it just looks like an extra. Yeah. Or something like that. And it's and, and again, you don't pick that detail up, I think, until you do it on the rewatch mm-hmm. and process that, that that's gonna be him turn it around but it's uh, it's so well done and i mean this is getting into the opinions of it yeah carlito's a bad dude like he was a drug dealer i mean it was yeah but like at this point he's reformed he's just trying to like just have a just to kind of get away he served his time whatever and it's like you want him to succeed like you you keep you know what's happening right and i think that's what i was trying to say is you like you see Benny Blanco standing there, even though like he's turned away from the camera and it's tucked over in the side and he's, and you're just like, no, come on, make like this time, get on the train this time, happily ever after, you know, you just want that. Well, and every time he, dare I say it, anytime he tries to step away from things. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. 
It's just it's the curse of being Pacino, I guess. All right, gents, those are our major moments. Let's and and Pat, you kind of kicked us off already, so let's let's think a little deeper about this one. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's very deep. Thank you. All right. First question, and I think we have a fairly decent sense of this already. Do you like this movie, and when was the first time you saw it? I saw it for the first time this past weekend. I did like it. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to just from reading the synopsis, but then I think we, I already mentioned that that courtroom scene just sort of nailed it for me. It's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, the first time I saw I, I had a, I had mentioned before, I had a trip down to New Orleans, and one of my plane rides, I looked at it, it was like, oh, this flight's two hours and 35 minutes. I got a movie that's two hours and 24 minutes. Let's fire it up. I think that is perfect. I, Were you able to actually finish it on the plane? I was, yes. I actually finished nice. the, whole, the whole movie on the plane, and I, you know, I looked at the two times, and I added everything up, and, and typically I know. It was my understanding that there would be no math. Indeed. But but I can figure out that part. And yeah, no, I I was kind of the same way. I was like, oh, Pacino. Okay, well, I I pretty much always like anything Pacino's in. Carlito's way. I'm like, but but part of me was like, why have I not watched this up to this point? Like, is there something about this movie that have I avoided it in the past and I just don't remember? Did it just blend in with the rest of the other, you know, like the, the, the Goodfellas and... Scarface and Casino and and like all of these other movies, did it just blend in too much and I missed it? Or is there a reason I haven't seen it? And as soon as we hit, yeah, as soon as we hit that courtroom scene, I'm like, oh, okay, no, let's, uh, this is going to be fun. This is, uh, this is, this is some really good Pacino stuff right here. So no, I was, I was, I was hooked from that point on, but yes, about two weeks ago was the first time I had seen this movie. Now, Patrick, you said you've seen this several times. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to say I've seen it maybe, oh, I don't know, between, I'd say between three to a half a dozen times, but it's kind of like I've seen, I watched bits and pieces of it. It's like the Shawshank yeah. Redemption effect, right? Shawshank, like if it was on TV, I'd turn it on, I'd watch it, yeah. you know? Oh, I'm right here, you know? I, I, I think I first saw it either in college or just a little bit after, you know, mm-hmm. when I first discovered disposable income and on-demand cable and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, Oh, wow. You know? And, and again, taken in by all the things that you're saying and it, yeah, Al Pacino and all the cast really, but Al Pacino just delivers a capital A acting performance in here. And I mean, just the way he plays the character, the way he handles all these things, like when he's talking to Gail and he finds out the show that he's dancing in, he's like, Hey, I'm not judging. Hey, it's okay. I just, I'm a little surprised. That's, that's all I'm saying, <laughs> you know, but, but he delivers that, that line like that. And then, you know, when he smiles at her, like it is such like a warm, heartfelt smile. I was like, dang, Al Pacino can act, you know? I mean, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's just so strong. I mentioned before the way he delivers his lines, like the, and he'll say it with several of the other characters, the way he says, says their name, yeah. like just speaks volumes with, what he thinks of those characters, those other characters. So it's great watching Pacino. I mean, Kleinfeld is the guy you love to hate. And so, you know, Sean Penn, right? That's the guy's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So he did a great job. I, it's it's John Leguizamo was great. It's just it's just a it's just a fun is a wrong word. It is a it is an entertaining story. It's a what is right captivating movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So I like it. I, I like it very much. And in, in, at the risk of being long winded, Al Pacino is kind of like in this character. The Carlito Brigante character is kind of like what Zangief said in Wreck It Ralph. We're bad guys, <laughs> but we're not bad guys, you know? I mean, and that's kind of what you get with this is, yeah, he's a bad guy. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you, he's selling illegal drugs, drugs that probably hurt, killed, destroyed families, that whole thing. Like, it's hard to get behind that. But you're seeing him later on reformed. I'm trying to be free of this. I'm trying to do better. I'm, you know, and you just want him to succeed. Like that's like that's the way they do it. They humanize it, and and they they want you want him to succeed, right? And uh, so I I think that's great. And I I never saw the prequel movie, but I almost don't know that I would want to, because it's like I think if you get that prequel thing it ruins the balance of what this movie is trying to do where it, you don't want to see all that because you want to see him as the reformed person so that right. you can pull for him. And do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. And you know, it's funny and I'm, I, I'll, you know what? I'll save this comment for later. I'll stop. I'm, I'll get off my soapbox and I'll, I'll listen. But yeah. So not the first time I've seen it, seen it like half, maybe half a dozen times. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking as I was watching this, and and then thinking about it a little bit after the fact, this is one of those movies like sometimes you 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 have talks with your with your kids, and you're like you got to make sure there's a few things you got to make sure you do, and one of those things I think especially as you get into middle school, high school, and and you know we work at schools, so this is something that we we deal with on the regular, is who are your friends, right? You got to you got to get in with a good group of friends, and I know that that's something that pretty constantly we we would talk to our kids about as they got into middle school, getting ready to go into high school is make sure you're in with a good group of friends because everything else being equal, a good group of friends will, will help you kind of head in the right direction. And I think that's, that's one of the messages of this movie is the company you keep is a pretty strong influence. And if he had, if he really wanted to keep himself clean, he probably should not have gone back to the neighborhood that he was that got him in trouble in the first place. And I know I've, I've heard that from, I've heard that from, from different places before. They're like, if, if somebody, if somebody gets out of jail and they are reformed and they're really trying to like get that fresh new start, you don't put them back in the same situation. Like it's, 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 you're basically sabotaging the whole thing. If you take, if you take a a person or if you take a kid or somebody who's been in jail and you're like, okay, you're out, go back home. Like, go back to your neighborhood and don't get in trouble again. Well, you're basically asking for them to get in trouble again if you send them back into the same situation that they were in before, that you almost have to, and I've, I've heard this from, like, people who are former gang members or, or former mafia guys and, and stuff like that. It's like, you can't go back to that same neighborhood. You can't keep the same company you kept before because it's just too strong of an influence. Like you're, And that this movie shows it, is that he was trying to... He's trying to get his money together, but he went back to the same people that he was always around. And I think we, we see through the movie that that is just what's constantly... He, he has a line in here. He says something along the lines of, I don't invite this stuff. It just comes to me. 
Like I run, it runs after me and I got to find somewhere to hide or, or something along those lines. And I'm like, well, yeah, cause you, you went back to the same neighborhood where everything started. And if you really want to make a clean break, you need to get out of there and, and get, make new friends, go to a new place, make new friends. Don't go back to the same place you were before. So I almost want to like, if, if, if my kids are old enough to see this movie, uh, I would almost want to use this as an example to say, well, at that point, by the time they're old enough, it, they've already gone through high school, but I would want to use this movie as an example to say, look, here's why the friends you have or the company you keep matters. Because otherwise, it's going to keep pulling you into bad situations. It'll pull you back in. <laughs> Just when I thought I was out. Yeah, there's there's that and kind of the whole theme of the whole theme of you can't really have, you can't do the gangster hokey pokey. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. And I think he tries, right. he tries to do that too much in this movie too. And it just, it does not work for him. If you want to, if you really want to go be a, a used car salesman, go be a used car salesman and don't get killed. It's going to rent cars. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Car rental. That's right. But Yeah. Yeah, no, I loved, I mean, just some of the, the other visuals of this, knowing that, knowing that Brian De Palma also did The Untouchables, knowing that he also did Carrie, and, and just how some of the visuals in this are so similar, like color-wise, there's certain scenes that color-wise made me think of, you know, one of the first times I saw the movie Carrie, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of color with, with all the blood that's in that movie. But then, like, some of the other scenery and some of the other shots really made me think of The Untouchables. And so I really got, I really got a, a jolt of Brian De Palma's style with this one. I'm like, oh, yeah, nope. If I didn't know it before, I would have been sitting here going, I wonder if this guy was ever involved with The Untouchables movie. Because, <laughs> yeah. There are scenes that, that look exactly the same. Is there anything about this movie that did not work for you? You know, you you sort of pointed out that John Leguizamo shows up out of nowhere at the end. I felt like that ending bit was a little clunky in that, like, we've gone to so much trouble of watching the cat and mouse game in Grand Central with the mafia guys, I feel like, and maybe we just missed it, but I didn't see him. Like, I feel like he needs to have shown up somewhere else to make it a little more believable. Mm -hmm. He just sort of like Wazamo ex machinas his way in and just does it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I guess that didn't work. Might be a, a tough way to say it, but it definitely was like, Oh, really? Like yeah, it just came out of nowhere. A little, a little too, a little too much by surprise. Yeah, it just—I don't know. It felt like they, everything else was so well displayed for us that it just felt ungenuine. I guess. Where did he come from? From the mm -hmm. underneath the train on the platform next door. I mean, it just didn't make sense. Where Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from, Benny Blanco? <sighs> oh no. Play play that at your nest, play that at your next at your next uh, high school dance. 
Oh no 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 no! I, I things things that are going through my head. No, okay. <laughs> I am. I was gonna. I'm trying to look up really fast the next movie that we're gonna cover that has John Leguizamo in it because I feel like I, I I wrote down. Maybe this will be the episode title. The the next time we need to bring up whether or not there's a Leguizamo ex machina. <laughs> curious to see how many times it happens yeah it, it happens in violent night i know that he, he's uh he's a yeah in that movie so yeah i can't think of anything necessarily that doesn't work for me for this movie yeah I, I mean, bo I'll, I'll agree with you a little bit on that one that like the end it it came fast i don't know i don't think it bothered me too much that it came kind of fast i mean i think it was the the frantic pace of the whole thing and i, I think it almost had to come really fast at the end there because he you had this all of a sudden you have this sense of oh thank god he he got away like he he he's he's free and clear and it and i think just the jolt of nope like that immediate jolt of nope you didn't get away you're uh, you're dead you're done <laughs> i think that i'm not sure it could have been done another way i i do see your point though and i when i first when i saw it i i kind of agree with that i was like well that happened really fast like i almost it's almost like a blink and you miss it kind of a moment yeah where did yeah i think what got me most is where the heck did he come from yeah where did he go no i'm trying not to buy into that but every time he's on a roll tonight bo he's on a roll he's on something (laughs) okay i don't if i played the banjo i would i would include it here but All right. Before we do our three questions, anything else you want to say about Carlito's Way? Awesome movie and, and, um, and a great example. Yeah, it was it, Brian De Palma. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I'm sorry I didn't see it up until now. Like, I wish I had seen it earlier. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's good and it's interesting. I'm hearing you guys talk about the different points of view of that final scene. And it's like, yeah, I hear what, you know, I hear what, I hear what Bo's saying. Yeah. He has a point. Yeah. And then I hear, John, I hear what you're saying. It has a point, you know, and it's interesting. You look at that final scene, and I think that's kind of supposed to be the big message is you are never going to get away, right? Even when you think you're, like, right there, something will just reach up and yank it right back in. And that, and I see, John, where you're saying, like, the suddenness piece is, you know, is kind of works for it. Yeah. Almost, almost sort of like cycling back to our our discussion with, the alien franchise where we were talking about different ways that that third movie fit in or, and all that. And I'm, I'm going to speak slowly. So anyone that hasn't seen alien aliens, alien cubed or any of the other things can mute type of deal. But that was kind of the, the viewpoint that you articulated was, well, see, that's the point of the whole movie is you don't escape, right? It's supposed to have a more, so that's why all these things that, maybe you might not like from an action movie standpoint, or you might not like from the happily ever after standpoint. That's the point of the movie is to tell you it's, you're not going to escape. And that's almost kind of, I get the same vibe in this discussion here with that ending piece is all the hard work, all the run, like you can do whatever, you know, but you're not getting out and you think you will. And then it's going to be, someone's going to pop up and get you right at the end. Pat, would you say, would you say that for both Carlito's way and alien three, that maybe even when you win, you lose. Even when you win, you lose. Yeah, I, 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 I suppose so. Okay. I he, know Dennis would yeah. say that. I, I know he agrees with me, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Even when well, you really lose. Even when you win, you really lose. Well, yeah, but I, I guess, I don't know. Did Carlito even win here? I don't know. So yeah. it's interesting because there's, there's. I think the, the long-winded point that I'm making in a kind of scattered way is there's a lot to think about with this movie. Yeah. Right? It's it's more than just an action movie. And it's it's funny because, yeah, like, okay, like running around trying to get out of a life of crime and try to escape the, the street and all that kind of thing that's not that's not a lifestyle that's nothing that really applies to me but i can understand and kind of get with the yeah he had a past life now he's trying to make amends or now he's trying to swim upstream but everyone expects him to go a different way and i think that's where something there where i don't know that most moviegoers going to see this are all like crime bosses or drug lords or any of that kind of thing. I'm guessing they probably aren't. So while they watch that action and it's, it's maybe escapist or they're like viewing this, this other lifestyle that doesn't apply to their own. I think what does really work with the movie that makes it applicable is at a core level, it's more than just about a guy trying to escape from a life of crime, but it's more like just about a guy that's getting up towards middle age and just wants to settle down, wants to start fresh, wants the simple things in life. I don't care about all the drama. Yeah. I don't want to be part of the drama. Just want to walk away from the drama. I want to make my 70,000 and rent cars. You'd be happy renting cars? Just want to go yeah, rent some cars. Yeah, I would be. I mean, like I said, I was discussing with some colleagues about when I when I get to retire and when I can and what would I do and like all this kind of thing. And I was on TRS and figuring that whole piece out. And so uh, and it was just like, well, what, what do you think you do? And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I, I might just, Whatever might just I go want. volunteer. <laughs> yeah. I might just go volunteer at the horse ranch that my kids are riding at and we're all riding at and yeah. I'll sweep out stalls and shovel poop and all that kind of stuff. You'd be happy doing that. Yeah. If I get to do that and brush horses and ride horses and yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'd be, yeah. you'd be fine doing that. Yeah. I'd be fine doing that. You know what I'm saying? So I think, and I mean, I'm not like, I don't have any of the, crazy stuff that was displayed in this movie in my life. But like I said, at that core level, I think that's something that people can relate to is the idea of getting older and Hey, what do I really want in life? And I don't need all this stuff before. And I made some mistakes before and I got to atone for those and I might never get free of those, but do you know what I'm saying? I think there were some themes in this movie that kind of transcended what the actual topic matter displayed was. Yeah. No, absolutely. Great, great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Sad movie. Yeah. It was sad. All right. It's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. A simple no would have been fine, or a simple wrong would have sufficed.
All right, three questions for Carlito's Way. Question number one, what is your favorite prison break in a movie, TV show, or book? And I did, when I when I asked my kids and the family the questions tonight, I did have to specify. I said, you have to see the prison break actually take place. And my okay. Daughter, and so my daughter was like, so you're saying I can't say serious black. I'm like, yes, if you don't see the prison break take place, then you can't say that one. What if the prison but break fails on a regular basis? Are you talking because the talking first, Day? <laughs> <laughs> because the first thing that popped into my head, and I've I looked at some lists and I actually came up with some really much better answers. Yeah. But I will say the first thing that popped into my list was Hogan's Heroes. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, I couldn't and it's been long enough since I've seen that show that I couldn't remember if there are ever any successful prison breaks. Well, yeah. well they always I mean, end up turning around for some reason mm-hmm. or another to go back and get something. And yeah. I, and I might be wrong, but don't they escape? But aren't they like, don't they help the war effort more from inside prison? So well, yeah. Isn't that one of the reasons they turn around? They so, find yeah. out they're better inside, which. Yeah. yeah. So it was such a great <laughs> example a and a terrible example all at the same time. <laughs> It's, but no, it's a great example. What a great show that was! I know. Oh, that's a great I love it. When they're the whatever, but they're all standing outside. They're like, "Well, why do you stand?" Like there was something, and then they pan up, and they're all smoke. If you got them, and then they pan up, and they're standing in an arrow, and the bombers are coming over, and they're like, "Yep, we're supposed to have some people on the ground." Turtles, which way to go? And there's the arrow, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, no more records. Yeah, so good. Russian front. Yeah. Oh man. Hogan's heroes. I know nothing. Awesome. I see nothing. <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna say Hogan's heroes, and then I've got a few more if if you guys don't say them. Okay. Okay. I I had a really hard time narrowing this down. I, I have a yeah, I have a not so short list, and the ones that made the top of my list made the top of my list for very good reasons. Uh, I'm, hmm. you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the 2002 Count of Monte Cristo. Nice. Oh. The the escape from the Chateau d'If. Okay. I'm going to go with that one where he's in the, he's in the body bag and they're about to throw him off the cliff and he ends up reaching his hand out, grabs the keys, pulls the, pulls the guy down with him and uh, drowns him and then is able to escape and, and that whole sequence. But yeah, I've got, Pat. I'll, I'll let you do yours, but yeah, I have some. I have some backups as well that might overlap with some of the bow. Some of Bo's choices. Yeah, mine is going to be easy. There's so many great ones. I got to go with one of my favorite movies of all time, The Great Escape. I kind of knew you would. Yep. Yeah, I mean, nothing's going to top that for me. I love the movie. I love that the whole thing. I love it. It is just so great and. So, you know, so question, Pat, at what age do you show The Great Escape to your kids? Anytime they'll let me see it. Okay. I mean, like, like seriously, I, I saw the movie when I was like, I don't know, six. Okay. I mean, it was like, it's do because you, my grandpa and my dad. Do you prime the pump first by showing them Chicken Run? I don't think so. I don't know if I've ever seen Chicken Run. Oh, you haven't? Oh, it's, it's awesome. It is the, uh, it's like the claymation, like Wallace and Gromit kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is, it's yeah. a, it's a kid's version of The Great Escape. I have, I have heard this and I've heard you guys talk about it, but yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, the thing that the only thing that holds me back is I don't recommend movies anymore. 
ever to anybody. And I'm just going to go on a little tangent. I've had a lot of yum yucking happening in my, in my life in the last week. Oh. And so like Carlito trying to atone for his past sins, I just want to go on a record for everybody listening. I'm sorry if I've yucked your favorite movie. I really truly, I truly am. I am going to make it a point from this day forth to be better. John, I'm the street is watching and I'm going to try to deliver. I, I'm going to hold my, if I've got negative feels about a movie, it's just going to be, you know what? It's not my thing. It's just not my thing. I'm just going to try and keep, because like I said, I've had a lot of yum yucking happening in the last. So I just, I just want to, I just want to radiate like the anti yum yuckers of yeah. the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's going it's to be hard. It's going to be hard when we get to Pearl Harbor. It's going to be hard when we get to that movie. I'll just have to choose my words carefully, look for the positive and everything. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm very careful of recommending movies because like it's got different things. And, and my kids, like I sometimes fall into the oh, dad, one of your movie, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. So I kind of just show my kids parts, bits and pieces, you know, yeah. here and there's and someday maybe they'll sit down and watch it. But I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to see what are my kids into? What do they want to watch? I'll, let me check out their thing first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, I, I tried so, that. I tried that. That lasted all of like three minutes. Yeah. Before, before you were like <laughs> looking for the exit. Before I, before I was like, okay, guys, you just keep watching what you're going to be watching here. Dad's going to go downstairs and watch evil dead. <laughs> Cause I, I, th- I think I might need a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. So. I know. But so any age, like, I feel like I could show Grace Gift to my kids like oh, right now. You totally could. The only thing that would hold it back is I, I don't know. I don't know if their interest would be there. Yeah. Dominic might. But it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like he, you know, we're into very different things. And that's cool. It kind of goes back to the, the guy that made Back to the Future. Man, if I knew my dad in high school, would we be friends? You know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't quite go that deep, but it's just like, wow, you know, Dominic, you and I are just, we're into different things and yeah. very, some stuff very much the same. And yeah. So it's just, Pat's mind just went down a rabbit hole. Sorry, everybody. Oh. Sorry. No, Sorry. I'm back. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with great escape. Okay. So Bo, what were your, you said you had some runners up and I'm curious to see what, what your runners up is um, overlap life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Oh, you know, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, so good. Okay. Academy Award for Best Makeup. They're so good. Nice. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. The more I want to say, the more I'm like, ah, I don't want to spoil too much. Mm-hmm. Very good movie, Life. Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. And they're still funny because it's Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. But yeah. let's just say there's a really good scene where a guy goes, you're going to eat your cornbread. <laughs> And I know that's that's done in other prison movies, but mm-hmm. it's really good in that one. Didn't Bishop say that in Aliens? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> just before they did the whole knife thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did did nobody say Con Air? Con Air was on my extended list. Yeah, mine well, mine too, obviously. Con Air was great. You mentioned one of the Count of Monte Cristos. I've seen a couple of them. They're all pretty good. Did anyone ever see Victory? With Stallone and Max von Sydow? No. Mm-mm. Oh, gosh. I've only seen it like once or twice. My One of my grandparents liked it. Okay. Probably my grandfather. 
okay. now that I think about it. But John Houston directed it. A group of allied soldiers in a POW camp are challenged by the head guard, Max von Sydow, to play a propagandistic soccer match against the Nazi team. They accept, plotting to use the game as a cover for a mass, mass escape. Stallone plays an American soldier who plots the exodus. It's quirky, but you get to watch Michael Caine play soccer, and it, it's fun. It, it's a, it's another fun one, and I haven't, God, I haven't seen that in years. It's like a European version of The Longest Yard. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's why I liked it so much. Okay. Because, yes, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> there was one more, but of course... I can't. Well, you mentioned Chicken Run alternatively. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Brother, We're Out, though. Yeah. That was the other one. That was that one was on my list. Yeah. I, so mine, the ones that were my top three that I had to kind of agonize over were Count of Monte Cristo, Shank Redemption, mm-hmm. and Face Off. Face Off is good. Now, my extended list included Star Wars, because obviously you've got the escaping from the detention area. Right. And as soon as I thought of that one, this may be a little teeny tiny spoiler. Uh, Pat, have you watched Andor yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to say Andor. Because there is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a there's a really great scene in that one. So. Yeah. That one as well. The other, I did mention, oh, brother, where art, thou, where art thou on my list? Great Escape was on my list, too, as my runners up. And the other one that I always just find so funny just because of the way it takes place. You don't actually see them breaking out of the prison, but you do see them rising up out of the mud in raising Arizona. Oh yeah. That's, I love that scene when he just comes up out That's of the mud good. and he's just, and he's just screaming the whole time that he's coming up out of there. And that is good. You no, know, we just found that the institution no longer had anything to offer. No us. longer had anything to offer. The fugitive is sort of kind of, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Hey, Okay. Okay, depending on how we stretch this, man, Iron Eagle. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Gotta love Iron Eagle. The Fugitive, which movie. next month, two months, uh, soon. Yeah, sometime soon. Sometime soon. I know yeah. it's on the list. Fugitive is 93. Heck yeah. Yeah, we got that coming up in not too long. Deadpool 2, if you're going to go that route. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a prison escape there, so. All kinds of good stuff. <laughs> question number two. Tw- question number two gets a little bit more personal here. If yeah. you met a younger version of yourself, what quality would bother you the most? We kind of talked yeah. a little bit about a, a Benny Blanco maybe being a a reflection of what a young Carlito Bergante would have looked like or would have acted like, and they didn't so much like that. So if you met a younger version of yourself, what quality would bother you the most? Every single one. I, I know myself. it's so I'm such an idiot. I mean, and especially I, the back then, I mean, stuff I did idiot. and said should just never have been done or said yeah. by anyone with a brain. I mean, <laughs> I, I know that sounds as, horrible, but as, it's just as opposed true. to anyone like, without a brain. Yeah. 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 Like I used to, uh, I used to, um, I used to pride myself in the fact that I was stubborn. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, of course I'm stubborn. I'm like, and now that I'm much older than that, I'm like, what an idiot. What a dumb thing like, to say. Why would, why would you even <laughs> say something like that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. You're proud that yeah. you're stubborn. Okay. Well, you see how that works out for there for you, buddy. <laughs> Isn't that really it? Right. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, how did that all work out for you? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
all that stuff, all that arrogance, all that hubris. Oh God. Take a look at me now. Yep. <laughs> well, thankfully we've we've all aged like fine wine, and we've, indeed we've all mellowed a bit. And, and, and yeah, I still and, think and someone should have just thrown me in a room. And what was that? What'd you say? I said I, I'm back in the day. I just wish someone would have locked me in a room and thrown away the room. I, I'm just I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, and then question number three: What is your favorite Brian De Palma movie? This was a challenging little task you set upon us, sir. Oh yeah, can't go easy on you. No, I think my answer is kind of easy on this one. Like I, I wrote out a bunch of them, and then I picked the top one. There's so many good ones out there, and and. I want to watch the the movies I recommended, like The Dress to Kill and Blowout. I've seen those, but it's been a long, long time since I've seen them. I remember really liking them. I would want to watch them again to to really be able to say for certain because it it might my answer might be Blowout, but in the in the list of his movies, as I was looking over it, I was like, okay, Mission Impossible. I can I can rewatch that one so many times. Um, mm-hmm. But my so favorite of all of these, I think, might have to be The Untouchables. Yeah, I had Carrie was in there too. Carrie, I had Carrie and Mission Impossible were my were my runners up. But I think I got to go Untouchables. If I go back and and watch Blowout again, that one might that one might be up there too. But yeah, what do you guys got? I was thinking the untouchables was probably my favorite, but you got to give, you got to give some love to mission impossible. I mean, it kicked off a franchise. What a great like popcorn movie. Yeah. Just, yeah. Great. Yeah. I think you guys hit it. I, those are the three and all for different reasons. And Mm -hmm. if I, if I had to pick one, Pick one movie, go. I'd probably say Mission Impossible because I tend to like the action movies and Tom Cruise is amazing. And I mean, but The Untouchables is The Untouchables. I mean, that's fantastic. And 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 I got to be honest, like this is an incredible movie. Like I could put Carlito, Carlito's way up there too because I can keep rewatching this thing. I mean, ever bit as much as I watch rewatch The Untouchables. I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna watch The Untouchables and I'll feel differently. Because, I mean, you got Sean Connery and Kevin Costner and yeah. Robert De Niro. Ah, man. I don't know. That's a hard one. It's the Chicago way. It's the Chicago way. <laughs> but he what's brings a knife, you the... bring a gun. Put yours in the hospital. You put one of his in the morgue. In the morgue. <laughs> I, said, I, I do apologize for that. My Sean Connery immediately went to Saturday Night Live Celebrity Jeopardy, Sean Connery. Well, it's so easy to do that, and I'm... I I could have I could have eased back a little bit and done the but in Latin Jehovah spelled with an I. I could have done that one, but I went straight to if you're selling those, I'll take I'll buy a dozen. <laughs> you Canadian pops. <laughs> so the other day, I'm watching regular Jeopardy. Uh-huh. And they're reading the categories, and I meant it to snap a picture so I would remember, and I already don't remember what it was. Oh, please say it was swords. 
But I kid you not, as they're reading the categories, they apologized to Saturday Night Live, and it was because one it was one of the categories from that night. It was like S words or God, I wish no, I could Ravis. remember what it was because I was it wasn't it wasn't potent potables was it? No, no, because okay. that one I think they actually used. I think they have, yeah. Yeah, no, it was one where you were just like, oh, no. <laughs> and then on Celebrity Jeopardy. States that end in Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> Turd, the, the Turd Ferguson line was one of the clues, I believe, on Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, was it really? Recently. I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. <laughs> I just, I, I like that they don't take themselves too seriously. You know, oh, that's yeah. good. That's good stuff. That's yeah, Turd Ferguson. That's my name. It's a funny name. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, funny. No, it's, no, it's not. Not really. <laughs> I love the one where it's, and I'm, I can't even remember exactly who it is. I think it's, I think it's a Kristen Wiig as Kathy Lee Gifford. Tom Hanks as oh, Tom Hanks. Oh, God, yes. And, and uh, Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. And halfway through the game, uh, Turd Ferguson shows up with like a fourth yes. with like a fourth podium, and he chimes in. And, and Alex Trebek is like, "Where did you come from? Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Been here the whole time. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Who's Pat Morita? <laughs> so <laughs> more Jeopardy fun. I. Well, when they read the final Jeopardy clue, especially when it's one, like, not the clue, like the category before they go to commercial. If it's a category where I'm like, well, this is over. I'll just shout something that might have loosely to do with the category. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting here going, God, I am just, I am totally playing this like I'm on Saturday Night Live. This is not good. <laughs> you're, you're, like in, you're like in Groundhog Day, Lake Titicaca. Like, <laughs> oh god, I'm looking forward to that one too. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Carlito's way. Speaking of stuff we're looking forward to, we've got our next set of episodes coming up here really soon. So this finishes off the month of February for us, and then we're headed right on into March. And I can I can reveal now what we've got coming up for March and April. So in March, our theme is One Bad Day. So movies where things, whether it's over the course of one day or not, things are just not going well for our characters. Like, it, maybe things started okay, but it just, it all went downhill. And in the case of our next movie, literally went downhill mm -hmm. very, very quickly. So in March, our One Bad Day month, we've got Cliffhanger. We've got Groundhog Day. We've got True Romance. We've got Falling Down. And we've got The Fugitive. So that is a that's a packed month right there. Yeah, it is. A lot going on in March. Our Patreons for the month of March, if you are one of our Patreon co-executive producers, our full-length Patreon episode is on Octopussy, the James Bond movie from 1983, hitting its 40th anniversary this year. One of our Patreon shorts is Superman 3 from 1983. And another of our Patreon shorts, I'm pretty certain I'll get a chance to go see this one in the theater, but it will be Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is just, it's coming out here in a couple weeks. All right. 
And then looking even further ahead to April, April, our, our theme for that month is location, location, location. And these are all movies that have a location in the title. So for the month of April, we've got Sleepless in Seattle, A Bronx Tale, Gettysburg, and Philadelphia. And then our Patreons for the month of April, our full-length Patreon will be the Razzies of 1993. That will be some of them we will have done already or may be doing later in the year, but we'll cover we'll cover the Razzies we haven't done or won't do later in the year. And that is Indecent Proposal, Body of Evidence, Cliffhanger, Last Action Hero, and Sliver. And then our two Patreon shorts for the month of April are Sleepaway Camp from 1983 and the new Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise, that is coming out this year. Hmm. So that is our March. That is our April. If you want to find more of this stuff, 30podcast.com. We are at 30podcast on all of the different social media outlets that are out there. So check us out there. But uh, yeah, 30podcast.com. You can find all of our stuff there and, and subscribe to all the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Anywhere is a is a good place to get it. So. Gents, thank you so much. I always have fun with you. Yeah, thank you, Thank you, John. All right. As always, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time for Cliffhanger.